Well, as you know, we are uh, looking at Psalm 91, and um, we are going through it very, very quietly. Next week will be the last one, um, but uh, this morning I'd just like to read to you verses 9 to 13. Psalm 91, verses 9 to 13. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor any plague shall come near you, for he shall give his angels charge over you, to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, and the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Now, when someone does something wrong, and especially if that something is done in the public domain, then sometimes friends, and yes, sometimes even family, are forced to dissociate with, from the person for the fear of being seen to condone the activity or in some way give the deed that they did some kind of legitimacy. You now we can see it in the story of the blind man in, in John chapter 9. You know, when Jesus healed the blind man and the, the Pharisees were on some kind of witch hunt and they went to his home and his parents almost dissociated themselves with their own son. You know, and, um, and that happens in so many other circumstances. People are also forced to separate themselves for fear of being implicated in the deed. You know, and we call that guilt by association. You know, and I, there is such a thing as guilt by association. But I want to tell you this morning that there is no such thing as grace by association. And that's my, the sort of the theme uh, of what I want to say to you this morning. There is no such thing as grace by association. Now, as we come to verse 9 this morning, we, we find Moses making this abundantly clear for all to see. You see, the children of Israel were not guaranteed safe passage because of their association with Moses. No, it has to be a result of our own personal association with God. You know, when you witness to people, when I witness to people and I've been uh, round doors and things and people have spoke to me, we want to share the good news of the gospel with them. You know, they will always try to make a link with the church. My mother, my mother was a staunch member of the church. My children go to Sunday school or my brother is the vicar and they all try desperately to find grace by association and they use any tenuous link that they can they can think of you know and i heard some some great uh efforts by people of associating themselves with the church now to be honest there is opportunity by association and there is benefit by association. You see, to know someone who follows Christ or to know someone who preaches the gospel has got to be a plus for everyone because then you know where to go for help 
Uh, you know what that person stands for, and you know that if you need anything, you'll know that that person will be able to bring you uh, or supply the need that you have. So there is uh, a benefit, there is an opportunity by association. But basically, there's no grace by association because you and I are responsible for our own personal walk with God. We have to decide for ourselves. And so I want you to notice the first word of our passage in Psalm 91 this morning, and it's the word because. The passage uh, before, before verse 9, which is what we're on, is all about security. Secu the security that God gives. Listen to what he says. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Thousand may fall at your um, your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Now, you've got to be honest with me, that is total security. That is refreshing. That is encouraging. Now, to be under the shelter of his wings has got to be the most perfect place to be in. But this word because, it gives us some kind of root map that leads us to that type of security. You know, and I would say that this word because is probably the most important word in the whole of the psalm. This security that Moses is talking about is something that all of us desire. It's something that all of us need. But how? How do we benefit from God's sovereignty, how do we benefit from God's authority? How do we benefit from God's protection and security? You and Moses has the answer. The answer is you. It's because. How do we? It's because. It's because. No, and we, he could have said it's because you, you know me. You know, I got pulled with God. You know, and because you know me, then you are going to experience the same security that I've experienced, which we talked about last week, if you remember. You know, but that's not the answer. That's not the answer he gives. You know, is this security because you've spent 40 years in the wilderness with me? No, that isn't the security, the answer that Moses gives. Is it because I put a good word in for you? No, that's not the answer. None of those things are the answer. Listen to what the answer is. It's because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, your habitation. You and that is the secret of God's peace. And that is the secret of God's blessing. It's the secret of God's salvation. It's the secret of our eternal well-being. It's the secret of being reconciled to God. It's not our association with Moses, or it's not our association with the church, or with some Christian over here, or with the pastor. It's none of those things. It's our own personal association with God himself through Jesus Christ. 
excuse me, now I've already said that there is benefit, there's benefit by association. You know, Moses has been a great example to these people. He has given them the statement of truth which we looked at in our first study. He who dwells, he says, in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He's also given them the benefit of his experience. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my, my fortress, my God in him will I, tr will I trust. And here in our passage, he lays down all the benefits of being under the shadow of those wings. You know, to be with Moses must have been absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. But because Moses has known the blessings of God, they have not only heard the testimony, but they had also seen God in action. You know, they have seen this mighty strong arm of God protecting Moses. You know, if you read Numbers chapter 12 through to verse 16, to chapter 16, sorry, you'll see how many times God actually stepped in when Moses was in trouble. You see God bearing his mighty strong arm in order to protect this person. You know, and um, there were so many diabolical plans that had been laid against him with the enemy and with his, with his own nation. And each time, God graciously, gloriously and miraculously vindicated his servant Moses. And each time, his leadership was confirmed so that Moses could explain, exclaim, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him I will trust. You know, and having such an example in your life and seeing what God can do has got to be a great blessing for us all. You know what I suppose, when we put that onto ourselves, being such an example in someone else's life has got to be a great privilege. You know, and um, as I talk to Christians this morning, this is our obligation. This is our privilege that we portray the beauty of Jesus in our lifestyles so that those who are closest to us can see a life that is lived for Christ. You know, and that's important. As Moses was the example to his people, so you and I have to be the example to, first of all, our families and our friends and then to the wider community. You know, and the more of an example of Jesus we are, then the more they will be able to benefit from our association with them. You know, and that brings me again to another thing that association can, brings, it comes, with it comes opportunity. Now, these people were leaving for the promised land, which to them was the unknown. But what they did have was the knowledge of an all-powerful God. They had a first-hand knowledge of an all-powerful God. They'd seen him at work. They'd seen him at work when he destroyed the enemy of the Egypt, the enmity of the Egyptians. They saw him at work when they, he provided for them going through the 40 years of the day or uh, wandering in the de in the desert. You know, some of these people that Moses was talking to had actually felt the cutting edge of the power of God when they rebelled against the leadership 
of Moses and found that God had, was protecting him all the time. You know, I think uh, I had probably had the best start in life than anyone else that I know. You know, from as far back as I can remember, I had the greatest example of Christ that I've ever known. You know, my father is someone that I have looked up to all of my life. He has been my greatest example in every aspect of life, as a human being, as a man, as a father, as a Christian, and as a member of the community. I've got to be honest, I've never met anyone to get anywhere near. You know, when I look back uh, over my life, in my relationship with my father, I find him to be the greatest example that you could ever wish to have. I've, um, the balance that he struck in his life, whether it be home, church, or work, was absolutely incredible. You know, and I'm, I'm not talking about only what I've seen, it's what people have told me. You know, and I know that he was the same in, at home as he was in church, as he was at work. And that balance was incredible. And I find myself, even now, striving to be like him. You know, and I'm blessed, really, really blessed. I'm really, really blessed to have had an example like him in my life. And I would say that the step into a relationship with God was almost, almost inevitable uh, for me because my father showed me who Jesus was and I liked what I saw. You know, I had a wonderful opportunity and it says something that all five of his children followed in his footsteps. Uh, but his most memorable statement to me was, to us, was, you can't get to heaven on my back. That was his favorite saying. You can't get a, go to heaven on my back. You have to come yourselves. And yes, I would say that there's profit there's advantage and there's opportunity by association. But there is no grace. And so Moses could say, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. Now, I hope by now that you know that I'm not talking about temporal things in this security thing. You are not foolish enough to think that because I trust Christ for my eternal salvation, then I am automatically shielded from the traumas of life. You know, I'm not immune from the trials of life. I'm not immune from sickness. I'm not immune from bereavement. I'm subject to them all. And as Christians, I'm not immune from this virus either. It would be folly of me to say otherwise. In fact, Psalm 23 tells us very, very plainly that though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, though I walk, not you, you, know, you might even walk, no, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? 
because you are with me. You and that's the benefit of being in Christ. That's the joy of being in Christ. It's not that you won't go through circumstances. You won't find yourself in problems. You won't be affected by the things of the world. But you will always, always, always have Christ by your side. You will fear no evil for I am with you. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And it's this relationship that I now have with God through Christ that holds me in every circumstance of life. You know, and it's interesting to notice the last phrase in our text this morning, because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, or if you have an older version, your habitation. Now this is a, it's a lovely Hebrew word, which basically means to take as a wife. To take as a wife. And so you get this uh, feeling of relationship. The relationship of protection that is afforded to the wife in such a loving union. You know, so to make, uh, so that would have come over so much better a couple of years ago before the feminists actually took over the course. Um, so to make the Lord the Most High your habitation means simply to put Jesus at the center of our lives. It's the place of deepest communion with God. It's the place of worship and service and sacrifice. And of course, it's the place where mercy is found. It's the place where grace is found. You know, there's nothing flippant about this position. Nothing go come day go day. This is dwelling. This is inhabiting. This is constant. This is lifestyle. You know, and that's the, 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 the sort of the thing that this um, this word because is encouraging us to do. It's encouraging us to get in close with God, to have a deep relationship, to enjoy the deepest level of community, of communion. Sorry, and this is what brings our security and the feeling of our security. Then last but not least, uh, we must glance at the title that Moses uses for God here. You know, it's, it's, it's always important uh, to look at how God is being addressed. And here it is, he is called the Most High. You know, and it's very significant, in fact. It's essential for us to know why he uses such a title. You see, as Christians, we have an enemy of our souls. Someone who tries by hook or by crook to upset us, to debilitate us with fear. Someone who accuses us and puts us down and causes all sorts of doubts to emerge that will actually spoil our walk with God, that will rob us of our peace. And yes, it would render us ineffective in our task of introducing Christ to our friends and family. You know, if you was to read Psalm 51, for instance, when David was uh, in the, the depths of despair, you know, he couldn't tell his friends about God. And he, says, and he says to the Lord, Restore to me the joy of my salvation. You know, we have an enemy who is trying to take that joy of salvation from us. You know, but this word 
high, the most high. His name is um, so precious to us. And when you think about our enemy, his name is Satan, of course. But I want you to know what this little title means to Satan. Because when you see this, it will render him impotent in our lives. You know, if he was to turn to Isaiah 14, uh, we would read about the demise of Satan. And this is what it says. And God is talking to Satan. He says, for you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mounting of the congregation on the farther side of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. And then God sort of comes back with this little phrase, Yet, Satan, you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. You know, and there we can see what this word, the most high, actually means to Satan. You know, because Satan's challenge against the Most High was defeated by the Most High. He is the one who is above and beyond anything that Satan could ever do. You know, and so this title, this very title, the, the Most High God, cements the sovereignty of God into the mind of of Satan and it's a bitter taste in his mouth because defeat his defeat rankles every time he hears that title now come with me to Luke chapter 1 well I'm going to read you two verses that form part of the Christmas story this is what it says the angels to Mary he will be great and he will be called the son of of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And therefore also that Holy One who will be born will be called the Son of God. So we can see that Jesus is none other than the Son of the Most High. You know, and the great nemesis of Satan has come in the flesh to render Satan impotent in the lives of his redeemed people. And that's why we can know his peace. It's because Christ is sovereign over all the strategies of the evil one, and he shall present us as glorified saints in eternity, or as Jude puts it, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. You know, this is the security that we are talking about. This is more important than the things we could be separated from in the world. We walk amongst everyone else. We are subject to the rain, to the snow, to the wind. We are subject to disease and, and the, um, the circumstances of life. But this is something that is much more important. This is something that is much more eternal, more pressing, is to know that our souls are safe in the hands 
of God. And even though we have an enemy who will try to destroy our souls, even though we have an enemy who will try to wreck our peace, wreck our joy, wreck our relationship with God, destroy our, um, our fruitfulness in reaching men and women with the gospel of being that example that I talked about earlier. We know that coming up against the Most High, Satan will always fail. You know, and if you have made the Most High your habitation, if he is the one who has secluded you and secreted you into his heart, if he is the one who has you in the palm of his hand, then there is not a power on earth that can separate you from those hands. There's nothing that can pluck you out of his grasp. There is nothing that can separate you from his love. And that's the security that I'm interested in. Because it's not a, a temporal security. It's an eternal one. And for those of us who know the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. Then we know that security. As we draw in close to him. And we enjoy sweet communion with him. That's what I want. And that's what I want for you. All of you. All of us. To have that type of security as we walk with God in this life. But I want to say to you this morning that this doesn't come because you know someone in the church. This doesn't come because your brother is the vicar. This doesn't come because your children go to Sunday school. This doesn't come because you a member of a, a Christian country. These blessings come to us. Because we as individuals have made the Lord, who is Moses' refuge, who is Mo even the Most High, your own personal dwelling place. You and if there is anyone in the sound of my voice this morning, anyone listening, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior, if he isn't the Lord of your life, if he isn't living within you, then you too, even though you may be associated with someone in the church, you will miss out on the greatest blessing that God could ever give to us. It's our own personal involvement with God that is important. You know, and perhaps this is the moment for you as an individual to call upon his name. This is a moment for you as an individual to invite him into your life. This is a moment for you as an individual to change your mind about whether or not Christ is essential to your own eternal well-being. So this morning, why not make the Lord the Most High your dwelling place and reap the benefits of his amazing salvation because of the blessed union that you will enjoy with him you know as christians when these things come to us because of god's involvement with us and i thank god for that i thank god for the security of knowing you know and i suppose as christians we're all secure but once you know all about this we not only are secure but we feel secure. <clears throat> we know security. You know, and there's a big difference uh, in being secure and knowing you are secure. You know, and I want all of us to know that we are secure in Christ. So, 
I'm going to finish by reading the full benediction from uh, that I read earlier. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Saviour, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.